Hello and welcome to a very Christmassy episode of the Vintage Podcast with me, Lena Norms. Tis the season for mulled wine, mince pies and murder. Yeah, you heard me right, murder. For those of you who say bar humbug to the sweetness and light of the Christmas season, here at the Vintage Podcast, we thought we'd serve you some festive crime to keep you on the edge of your cosy, cosy armchairs. Murder for Christmas by Francis Duncan is the perfect fireside mystery and we're here with a little audio extract to give you a flavour. No one could have foretold how it was going to end. Not even the murderer. It is not to say that the crime was hastily conceived and clumsily executed. The majority of murderers are anxious to live to savour the fruits of their villainies. They realise that one slip may deliver them to the hangman. They know that to be careless is to be lost. And in this case the murderer was possessed both of the desire to profit and of the knowledge of how perilously thin is the dividing line between safety and disaster. But no human plan, however devilish its ingenuity, can be depended upon to follow out in practice the exact lines of its careful theory. Somewhere along the route, incalculable, unforeseeable, will lie the unexpected, the unknown factor. The moon was like a spotlight playing over the stage of a theatre, or like a camera tracking over a studio floor and alternately presenting to its audience close-up and long-shot, sharply outlined image and sombre obscurity. The snow had stopped, but the sky had not yet cleared. The clouds were drifting sullenly, as if reluctant to leave a prey freed only with difficulty from their grip. Sometimes they would gather menacingly upon each other and would crowd over an earth grown dark and full of fear, and then it would seem that they were thrust impotently apart and the white light would flood down cold and revealing and not to be turned aside. And in the moonlight every detail would be there in hard relief, the black and white roofs of the village under the hill, the thin, bare arms of the trees along the roadway, the smooth white downs rolling up to the sky, the big house with its old grey stones and the white tracery where the snow clung to the creeper. From the village came the sound of a bell. When the darkness was triumphant, it was a strange and mournful echo that could not be located and that held a note of menace. Imagination needed little encouragement to liken it to the tolling of doom. But when the scene lay exposed under the moon, the fear and the mystery were driven back. The bell was no longer sinister. It was a glad sound of music that carried triumphantly across the snow, ringing out from the square tower of the ancient church. The landscape was a Christmas card in three dimensions. 
There would have been no incongruity if a sleigh drawn by reindeer had come sweeping over the brow of the downs. It did not in fact seem fantastic that the red-robed figure of Father Christmas was outlined in the moonlight, moving quickly along the terrace of the big house. It was, after all, Christmas Eve, when such things, particularly in such a setting, were to be expected. Although it was late, the occupants of the house were not all in their beds. High up in one wing, a light still burned. At intervals, a figure crossed the illuminated frame that was the window. There were other signs of activity that were not quite so apparent, but if one watched carefully, it was sometimes possible, especially when the moon was obscured, to see a faint glow behind the windows of the ground floor. It was a glow that changed its position, as though it owed its origin to a torch carried by someone who moved stealthily within the house. And outside, in the snow and the shadows, there were muffled, hidden figures. Concealed from the house and from each other, they watched intently and waited upon opportunity. The atmosphere was brooding, tense with foreboding. Fantasy and mystery, violence and death were abroad. It seemed that time was moving reluctantly and with an ever more tightly coiled dread towards some terrible climax. And at last the climax came. It came when the bell had stopped. It came when the moonlight, searching again through the clouds, swept softly across the white lawns, revealing the ragged line of footprints. It came when the cold light flooded up to the half-open French windows and tracing the moisture on the polished floor came to rest upon the red thing of horror that was Father Christmas, stark and sprawled upon its face in front of the despoiled Christmas tree. It came with a woman's scream, desperate, high-pitched and raw with terror. Well, that was the first chapter of Murder for Christmas by Francis Duncan. Sounds terrifying. If you would like to listen to the whole audiobook, it is available to download and own from Audible and iTunes. Don't miss new audio extracts and podcasts by subscribing to the Vintage Podcast page. And if you liked it, leave us a review on iTunes and tell us why. Until next time.
and leave us a review if you fancy. Tis. Hello and welcome to the vintage. Hello and welcome to very. Um, 